0: At Farmers Insurance, we know every windshield collision has a unique sound. Beetle. Bird poop. Drone. Seen it? Covered it. Click for more.
1: We are farmers.
0: Bum, 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 bum.
2: Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates, products not available in every state.
0: The following is a presentation of financial Crisis recovery.
1: Foreclosure, short sales, bankruptcy, credit card debt, job loss, depreciating home values, money management. Peace of mind when it comes to your finances seems completely out of reach under current conditions, but there is a way to achieve it. For the next 60 minutes, you're going to find out how to cover your assets. Cover your assets. Now, here's nationally renowned speaker and expert on getting you on the path to financial strength, Todd Rooker.
3: Good morning, everybody. How you doing? Hey, hey. I so enjoyed my my scenic ride into the studio this morning. Oh, my goodness. These are the mornings that make you thankful that you live in Minnesota, this beautiful, beautiful, brisk morning we have this morning. How, how can you not love it? I am uh, honored and fortunate to have Eric Thurwanger in the studio with me uh Eric is a former Marine. Uh he applies a lot of his leadership training from the Marine Corps uh to uh, his his life today. We're going to be talking about the the leadership that he uh goes around the country and ex, uh, ex, exposes to organizations and groups, and how he uh, helps those people uh, take responsibility and build leadership teams within those companies and corporations. And I think there's going to be a lot for us to talk about today, and hopefully everybody will get some good nuggets out of this. So with that, welcome to the show, Eric. Well, thank you. Thanks for having me
4: on today. Excited.
3: Well, yeah. Well, very, very, very happy to have you, you know, so uh, uh, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Navy guy, and uh, Eric's Marine uh, so we're gonna have, uh, we're gonna have a little banter going on here. I think that's a good idea. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Well, you know, the Navy works with the Marine Corps and, uh, we do, we do Overwatch and we, uh, run teams with the Marines. So we do love our Marines in all fairness. Uh, I wanna talk specifically about some of the things that you've been through in your life because I just want to provide a little context sure. uh, to what we're we're talking about. And so I, I think maybe the first thing I want to talk about is your experience in the Marine Corps. How old were you when you went in and uh, what do you think were the the main things that remained with you all
4: the way to today? So I was 18 years and three weeks to the day. And I, I went in uh, August 24th, 1987. I stepped off of the bus at the recruiting depot. And, you know, it was just six months earlier, I'd met with my recruiter. And actually I met with a lot of recruiters. I met with the Navy, the Army, the Air Force. And it was really the Marine Corps approach that I really wanted to be a part of their culture. And what he said to me when we were talking is he had looked at a lot of the brochures I had on the GI Bill and the VA loan and the benefits from the other branches and, Quite simply, he just said, we have all of that stuff too, but becoming a Marine is not about what you get, it's about who you become. And I didn't know who I wanted to become at 17 and a half, but I knew I wanted to be part of something special and great, and that was what he offered me. And so we started to talk about the core and the the core values and the principles of leadership. And he showed me the Dress Blues uniform, and I think that's what hooked me. Ah. (laughs) But... It was an amazing experience. And so boot camp started, and it was 90 days of yelling and screaming. And if you saw Full Metal Jacket, you know what it was like. But the most interesting part was it was a leadership journey. Immediately, within the first 24 hours, we started hearing the word leadership. They planted leadership seeds in us on principles and traits and what would a leader do. And I like to say that boot camp for me wasn't just basic training, it was the beginning of a leadership journey that I've been on for over 30 years
3: yeah well and and you know uh, I can I can think back and remember all the guys when I went to to, to boot camp basic training and, mm-hmm. and within about three to five days all of them were <laughs> lamenting this poor decision and wanted to go back home again <laughs> <laughs> I, I also remember I also remember getting off the bus in Great Lakes Illinois uh, in December And we had all these silly people from Louisiana and Georgia who knew nothing about cold. And it was two degrees and they call it the windy city uh, for a reason. And it was probably about 20 below. And they dropped us doing pushups on the, on the, (laughs) on the asphalt in December at about 20 below. And these guys, one of them walking around the airport with his shoes tied together over his shoulder because they had, they don't wear shoes to school and didn't know how to wear shoes. I mean, and I'm telling you. So anyway, uh, I remember. I remember as well. Uh, the Marine Corps does tra- uh, teach leadership conditions under under the most stressful of circumstances. Yes, they do, because that is really where you're going to be operating. And you know, the 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 Marine Corps is always the the forward unit. Uh, and, and that said, they're, they're going to have to teach you how to, how to operate in a highly stressed environment. And, you know, we can apply that to life and to business. Most certainly can we not? Absolutely,
4: I I think that leadership is an important foundation, not just in the workplace, but also on the home front and in the communities too. It's something that doesn't stop just when we leave the office, we can go home and be a better leader with our families and the, and the members of our communities or our neighbors and I think the best thing about leadership is it allows us to make an impact in the lives of others. You know, it's interesting that, one, nobody knows how you're going to react
3: in extreme circumstances until you're actually in them. Right. But you know what you find that's interesting also is that people who are good under extreme circumstances sometimes will be uh, less than when when the pressure is not on but when the pressure is on, that's when they flourish. They work great under pressure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, they they you just learn to love that. And so that lends itself to a lot of the things that I talk about on the show, which is to say putting yourself in uncomfortable positions right. at all times, because it forces you one to learn at an accelerated pace, but also sometimes brings the best out of you in in in, right. in the leaders who are yeah. out there. It it brings the best out of you. So if you can if you have the courage to continually put yourself under that extreme pressure, always be stepping out of your comfort zone you really learn and you find out what you're made of what kind of metal you got
4: right that's right i think when when you get to boot camp you're definitely out of your comfort zone (laughs) and i think whether you're in the navy or the army the air force or the marines i think those first few days in there everybody's questioning their decision yeah and and there's no doubt about it i had never even heard the term step out of your comfort zone when i went to boot camp but i think immediately you realize i'm out of my comfort zone and they continually put you into this this cloud or this fog of confusion as fog of war to disorient you so that when you do handle a real challenge, you understand how to stay in control.
3: They call it culture shock. That's a <laughs> nice way of putting, you won't be using the restroom for about three days. And <laughs> yeah.
4: yeah, you're
3: just, your body and your mind just kind of go on overdrive. That's right. Uh, so you you also, uh, you and I have some things in common, yes. uh, had a, a wife, who was struggling with, with some major health issues that put you in a caregiver situation. And some of your leadership qualities, you you, you believe, were allowed you to to uh, handle that situation better than you might, maybe otherwise would have. Is that true? Can we talk about that a little yeah, bit? Yeah,
4: absolutely. So I, I left the Marine Corps. I was honorably discharged in 1991 and went into the film industry. I went to film school. And it was during my time at USC, the University of Southern California, that I met Gina. And we dated for three years, got married in 1998. That's a different culture than the Marine Corps. <laughs> that's a, oh, <laughs> that's a whole different show yeah, right there. That was an yeah. absolute different culture. Um, but I, I had a call, or Gina had the call, from her doctor, and she heard those words, the three words, you have cancer. How, then, old, how old was she at the time? She was 27. My goodness. And so we had been married 10 months. I mean, we were still in the, the honeymoon phase, if you will, and um, excited about life, excited about our future, thinking about our goals. And then overnight, everything just changed. And when that news came to us, we immediately stopped thinking about our goals. Um, we were just focused on on what she needed to go through as a patient and what I needed to do as a caregiver. And I remember, no matter how bad it got, I would flash back to the training and to stay cool under pressure. And it really did help you to get through there when you start thinking about leadership traits of sometimes courage, even though that's one of the leadership traits in the Marine Corps. You can apply courage on the home front, too. And so sometimes you just have to have the courage to get out of bed in the morning and face the day or just loyalty or dedication. Some of these leadership traits can apply. It's not just to combat. It's just to your life. And so I think that really helped us give us a a different mindset on that time period and we would always talk about going from point A to point B even though we didn't know where point B was or when it was going to be um, even though point B could have been something really horrible we said let's go from point A to point B and keep the best attitude possible and so that was similar approach I took in boot camp I mean yes we knew when it started and when we could possibly graduate if we made it and you had to go through it with the best attitude the highest levels of enthusiasm that you could and that really helped during those times as a caregiver, and I'm sure you can relate to that too. I, I can, I can. Um, I, I think when when you're in situations where the where
3: where the options that avail themselves are all the lesser of crappy options, they're yes. all negative. But it is there is really something to be said in taking uh, taking that those things that you have. And making your own choice, right. doing it on your own terms and saying, OK, we're going to pursue this path, because when that happens, you are now back in control. And as opposed right. to being relegated to the things that just come at you, you have no control over, even when it's the lesser of evils, it's the path you picked and you pursue that option that changes the way a person feels about oh, the situation, empowering, if you will. Yeah, yeah. Um, And, and, and certainly I can relate to these things because of course my wife had cancer at, at 23 and uh, stage four, and we had a child born with cerebral palsy and yeah, all the same stuff. So I can truly relate, you know, ironically, it's, it's really different when it's the one and only person in your life, because You know, um, it's just, it's just really, really tough to watch somebody else go through horrific circumstances and you can't, you can't jump in and fix that problem. That's right. Uh, that's, that's really the toughest thing at all. And it really, it really beats you up and wears on you. So I can surely relate to that. Um, how long did that go on? Is that
4: still going on or what's the story? So she actually went through treatments for a full year and she had a, she had a, what type of cancer, if you don't mind asking? She had me a asking. stage three non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh my, okay. And so, so they weren't giving her the best of diagnoses. They also told her that she wouldn't have children either. We had to sign a waiver. She signed a waiver saying it's highly unlikely you'll ever have children. So that didn't exactly help her morale out. Sure. So she had a... About seven cycles of chemotherapy. She did a month of radiation. None of that was working. And then they attempted a stem cell transplant at the City of Hope. And wow, that's what this worked.
3: Is how many years ago is this?
4: So this was uh, 99 she was diagnosed. And that then, would have been
3: incredibly innovative for the time, wouldn't yeah, it? I mean, stem cell in 99?
4: Yeah, it was. In fact, we neither of us knew anyone who had gone through cancer. So we really felt like we were on an island by ourselves. And, and even though there were resources out there, we didn't know how to readily access them. And, and so... We did feel like we were going through it alone a lot. And so she went through that battle, um, went into remission, and then a few years later was diagnosed with basal cell cancer. In 2010, the radiation that didn't work on the non-Hodgkins came back, and she had breast cancer. And M-
3: meaning that it was probably causal. A
4: secondary form of cancer. And because they couldn't do radiation, they had to use um, surgery to remove it. And so the following year, she was still in that kind of recovery mode. In 2011, she was diagnosed with melanoma. And so at that point, we actually made the decision to move out to Minnesota. So we're originally from the Los Angeles area. So we lived in a What were you thinking? I don't know now. <laughs> um, <laughs> coming in the scenic route this yeah. morning, like you said, I questioned it. So maybe, yeah. maybe we will be going back. Yeah. But, but we actually moved out here. We love it. We love the people. We love the seasons. The January and February, a little rough. But we moved out here because Gina's sister, Sandy, uh, who actually works with us is Think great Now, uh, she moved out here many, many years ago, and we'd been visiting, and we loved it, and it wasn't until we moved out here that we realized they had never invited us in January and February, so it was a little bait and switch, but uh, we're glad that they had us out here. We love it, and ironically, um, almost three years ago, on March 16th of 2016, um, we found out how impactful all of the um, treatments were on Gina. And what I mean by that is, um, she wasn't feeling good the morning of. Uh, it was a Sunday morning, and so my daughter and I went out and did a uh, coffee run. We did have a, a, a baby girl, so we were blessed. So she beat the odds there too. And she's what now twelve. Yeah, what a blessing! And and so we came back, and within about thirty seconds of us coming back, Gina had suffered cardiac arrest. Oh, how old was she at this point? Well, at this point, this was three years ago, so she was forty-four when this happened, and. Uh, essentially, I started, so twenty
3: seven to forty four. This has all been going on yeah. in in incremental
4: yeah. times throughout. Yep, yeah. So it's been with us for for a long time. In fact, we just celebrated our twenty year anniversary. So she survived the cardiac arrest, also. And I remember when that happened. You go back into your training, and and you really have those flashbacks of, stay calm under pressure, take care of the person to your left and to your right, and at that point, the person to my left was was gone and i was doing cpr i had 911 on the phone and by the time the first responders you were doing
3: the cpr on
4: yes. for your wife yeah and i sent my daughter downstairs so she couldn't see it <clears throat> and so i did that for a few minutes until the first responders got there but when they got there they had said there was no pulse but they continued to work on her and then they they hit her with the defibrillator and uh, it was just like in the her body tightened up and he he reached up his name was bryce he reached up and Touched her neck, feeling for a pulse. He says, we have no pulse. And so I, I remember thinking at that point, it's it's all over. And I could never figure out what I would tell my daughter. And then they were working on her a little bit more, and I could see some of the guys starting to pack up. They were finishing. And Bryce said, I want to hit her one more time. And they they put the pads on her, and they hit her, and they got a pulse. And they took her to – yeah. And so then they took her to, she was in a coma at this point, point. then they put her in a medically induced coma to keep her there. And they took her to Methodist Hospital here in St. Louis Park. And through a number of treatments, uh, a week later, she was able to get out of her own bed. And they put a defibrillator into Unbelievable. her chest. And it was interesting because... She's got stuff she's supposed to do. I mean, apparently. She does. She is know? definitely here for a reason. And And it's interesting because every time, whether it was cancer or the cardiac arrest every single time a challenge hit, we set new goals. And I actually wrote a book called The Goal Formula on that process of setting and accomplishing goals no matter what circumstances you face. And when I was taking her from her her intensive care unit room down to her new room to get the defibrillator in, at that point she actually looked at me and said, you know what we should do? And I said, what? She said, we should set some new goals. <sighs> And so we would talk about goals in her room for the next three days until we got her back home. I got to meet this woman. This yeah. is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, and that's the thing is that we focus on our goals. You know, we still, could, to this day, we're still going from point A to point B, still staying focused. And I think we all have that ability to keep people focused on a better future no matter how tough the past or the present is.
3: We are talking with Eric Thurwagler, Uh His uh, name of his company is Think Great. Uh, he is the founder. Uh, his phone number is 818-584-5335, and uh, he is uh, uh, a pretty amazing guy if you're listening here uh, and and with an even more uh, amazing wife, which maybe is part of what makes him who he is, I suspect. Uh, he does leadership and development training, strategic planning, and, and uh, helps companies achieve sales excellence. We're going to take a break, and we'll be back talking with Eric about how he worked with a company in California and was a part of and uh, helped them produce explosive growth and how you might be able to do some of the similar things within your own company. We will be right back.
0: you
4: <laughs> Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full potential. At
0: Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly rent possible.
4: Go to homerentalsystems.com or call now 612-701-4375.
0: Accounting and bookkeeping services are no longer just about record keeping. For decades, Arliss Cleveland has been passionate about helping individuals and businesses look at their taxes and financials in a big picture strategy that allows them to position for maximum profitability. Arliss Cleveland Limited is big enough to handle any size client, yet small enough to give you the direct personal attention you deserve. Their philosophy is that accounting and tax services are about more than just numbers on a page. It's all about building client relationships that are personal. Call 763 786 Six for a free consultation.
1: What are the first 3 letters in the word smart? S M A. And SMA Exteriors and Restoration has made smart affordable since 1994 as an LP Smartside master level siding installer, a GAF Master Elite roofing installer, and as an expert in installing windows made in Minnesota made for Minnesota. You're guaranteed to make the smart choice. Call today for your free estimate. 877
3: SMA today or go online That's 763-559-3800. If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what
0: business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business, and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low, and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly... You You could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business, handle the filings, and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CY. CYA21.com to get the details. That's CYA21.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker.
3: Welcome back, everybody. man. Rolling in with ACDC, you gotta love it. All right. All right. We are here with Eric Thurwanger. And Eric is the founder of Think Great, which is an organization that uh, that works with corporations and companies to empower their leadership, to help them build teams, and to create success from within. It is a uh, it is a powerful influencer in a lot of the companies that he works with, and ironically, he actually uh, actually works for Hubbard Broadcasting, which just happens to own this station and many others throughout the United mm-hmm. States. Uh, and I've heard nothing but great things uh, about Eric, so I am very frankly honored to have him on the show. And uh, the military thing, you know, that that does it for me anyway, because I, I love I love our brothers and sisters in the military and any way I can promote for anybody who's been in the military is, is my privilege and honor. So, uh, we just finished talking about uh, Eric's experience in the Marine Corps. If you weren't able to hear that, and then also dealing with his, with his wife's cancer and how he fell back on the training, which is again something that I can relate to. Uh, you you know when when stress is there, you 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 drill, you drill, you drill, you drill, because we know that when things go bad, you fall back on your training. If you don't have any training, then you're in chaos. So okay. you got to have that he then went on to work for a company and helped that company uh build some pretty explosive growth we're gonna have you talk about that eric so why don't you tell us a little bit about what that company was how you got involved in it and and what happened as a result
4: sure so after being gina's caregiver i applied for a position in the media side of things i went back into the media industry about 2003 now prior to that uh, when i was the caregiver for gina i had left the film industry so i'd started in there left and I started a uh, financial services career. So I got licensed, (laughs) life license, series six, a 63 63 and a a 26. And I started financial consulting. I was an independent contractor and I learned a ton about sales. I I actually think I learned more about myself during that time period. And learned
3: that there are people who are motivated by money.
4: There are a lot of people motivated by unlike money, unlike the media. <laughs> That's you right. Know, where That's it's just right. All about the, the the
3: good feelings.
4: That's right. <laughs> and, and, yeah, yeah. And so you know, I did that for about four years, and then 2003, I said, I'm going to go back and follow my passion again. And this is what I went to school for after the Marine Corps. So I found a position. It was an entry level position at a post production facility, and what that means is you've already shot your film or your your video, and it goes to post production where we would make copies of it. And the only thing they had available was an entry-level scheduler position, and I took it. And I was commuting through Los Angeles to get there. I just had passion. And I was able here to tie in my background as a Marine, as a caregiver, and my sales experience and help this company to grow. And so what happened was I had a conversation with the owner and he was sharing a goal with me. He says, I think we can double sales. And I said, oh, that'd be great. I said, "Uh, what's your plan for that? He said, well. I don't have a plan and I said, okay, I said, I I would love to help with that. And I said, well, yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do it. Yeah. I'm just gonna do the fist pump, silent fist pump, and we'll get there. And I said, well, let me ask you a question. Um, How do you feel about developing your people? And if we create a leadership foundation in the organization, maybe they can shoulder the plan that we'll create. He said, that'd be great. I just don't know how to do it. And I said, I think I got some ideas on leadership. And so we started to really dive in and develop our people. We built a plan. We created a sales system. And I think it was our first year that we launched our plan. So 2004, we grew 23.99%. Wow. Wow. And we started to course correct and tweak a little bit and make it better. And the following year, we did it again and grew 65%. And and we even grew during the recession. So we were, we were building our team and expanding and, uh, we got hit by the recession. By
3: the numbers, as it That's were. That's right.
4: Yeah. And what happened was even even some of the clients in Santa Monica um, were not going to our competitors anymore. They were coming to us. So we had bigger competitors in the Santa Monica and the West Side area, and they were closing their doors down. And clients were coming to us because of the experience. And, and when you really peel all the layers back, what did we do? Yes, we grew 303%. We expanded into other markets, but we developed our people. It wasn't our equipment that was better. It was our people. And we began by developing everybody as leaders from the owner to the driver. And everybody had this shared experience of leadership. And so we talked as leaders, we shared traits and principles, we had mission and vision and core values. We did all these things. And so that's really what led to Think Great. People would ask, how did you do that? How did you accomplish that? And I would go back to some Marine Corps leadership principles or some of the sales concepts or even some of the, I would say the caregiver experiences of taking care of your people. And from that, we created Think Great out of that experience. So I was there about a little over seven years, and uh, went from entry level to vice president.
3: Fabulous!
4: And it was an incredible experience. And the best part of it wasn't just the sales; it wasn't just the the growing numbers and the increased margins. It was the development of the people, the impact we made on you people's know, I, lives.
3: I gotta, I gotta say something because I just wrote a post on my Facebook page about the the fact that there are so many business owners who are passionate about the particular thing craft product that they that they have but don't know anything about marketing and sales right. and it reminds me of this the story you just told me about the guy running running this media company in that in that how do, you, how do you evolve to that position and not understand marketing and sales? So the, the, the brunt of that, that, that post was, okay, if you're in sales, don't think you have everything because marketing right. and sales is very important and it may be the most important because it brings in the raw revenue to the business, right. but it doesn't mean that you know how to manage a business, which is another issue. So either one of those unto themselves without the other doesn't succeed within oh, a business.
4: I completely agree. In fact, in the media side of things, we were known as a creative business. And what you found is everybody would gravitate towards, I'm a creative. Right. And they didn't want to talk business. They didn't want to talk sales or marketing. Because that's dirty. That's I mean, right. Yeah. They didn't want to talk leadership. Um, everybody had a management mindset and we had to enhance that. And that was a challenge. in that industry... You know, leadership and sales and planning was like kryptonite to Superman.
3: Well, you know, and and the other point that you bring up that I could jump off on is that in the military and and in special operations in the military, they 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 have small teams as opposed to you know large. And when you're what what you learn very quickly is it's not about the team it's always about the leadership. You can take a crappy team and put a good leader in it and it'll do well. You can have a great team put a bad leader in there and they'll decline very very quickly. Absolutely. So so teaching those leadership skills is just absolutely
4: paramount. The 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 fact that leadership should be the foundation and that most business leaders agree or independent contractors somebody running their own business right if they're a one person show they know they should be leading their clients they should be leading um uh, their their vendors if you will any strategic partnerships they have they still need to be a leader but we don't talk about it we will not talk about the word and in the civilian sector and so that was very clear when i got out of the marine corps there was a huge void of leadership in business and i noticed that right away probably as you did once you leave that organization you can experience the lack of leadership there's leadership positions but there's no purpose behind leadership because we don't talk about it, we don't define it, we don't identify what traits we expect, and people are all of a sudden in a position of leadership without any purpose of leader, uh, leadership. Absolutely. And they're lost. Absolutely, and, and part of the challenge with
3: all of that is that people who are in leadership positions rarely get called out on right. it because they're in a higher position. That's right. And so no one, and by the way, that, that relates to the business owner as well. Who's going to call out the business owner and say, look, you're, you bitching about the company. You're bitching about mm-hmm. all of the individuals who are, who are working for you. However, you don't want to take total ownership of that as the leader who's actually right. failing and, and causing that to happen because more often than not, that's exactly what's going on. That's right. And who's going to call out the owner of the business or who's going to call out the vice president of, uh, Uh, who's in charge of marketing, who in fact is really a poor leader, either because they're just naturally not that, or they've never received the training to know how to do it.
4: Right. They know what's important. They just don't know how to get started. Right. And, And I'll even ask them initially, you know, how important is leadership to your organization? And I get the same answer all the time. It's critically important. On a scale of one to 10, how would you rank it? And some people say it's an 11. And I say, okay, great. So if it's that important, what are you doing to develop your people? And they say nothing and so so <laughs> do here, they really say that uh, they go we're not doing anything to develop them <laughs> one of the reasons i, think that, I would answer that way <laughs> well you know no matter what i wouldn't <laughs> answer that way <laughs> well and here's the interesting part is that the ones that at least meet with me are open for some new ideas they want to they want to lead they just don't know how to uh. i even met with a couple ceos recently and they were frustrated because their teams weren't performing and I said okay if you could do one thing with your team members what would you want to do? What do you want to see them do more of? And they said, I can tell you right now, take initiative. And I said, well, how important is initiative to you? He says, it's a 10. And I said, how often do you talk to them about initiative and teach them how to take it the way you want it? And he put his head down. He said, I, I haven't, I haven't yet. Yeah. And I said, well, at least we have a starting point now. Yeah. You know, and, and, and now having said all of that, you actually
3: have to have actionable things that are that are That's laid right. out. I mean, one of the things in the military is that there's a there's an abbreviation for every single thing that there is.
4: <laughs> we love our acronyms. Yeah, yeah,
3: man. And, and part of the reason is very is very uh, easy to understand simplicity is easy to execute the more complex the more likely or the more ambiguous an order the more the more possibilities for it to go sideways that's right. so we need to have actionable uh, uh objectives to pursue it can't just be this hey take initiative and hey be a leader you have to talk about exactly what you need to do to make those things happen and that really that's the major part of the leadership that's what a leader needs to do and then you need to get everybody passionate about the goal and working at the on the same you know towards the same objective
4: Uh, absolutely right
3: we're going to take another break here we are here with eric thurwanger eric is the founder of think great he is all about empowering companies using the leadership skills he gleaned in the marine corps and i have heard Uh, Just nothing but amazing things, uh, from the people who have attended his courses. And if you have a company out there and you're seeking to develop leadership, uh, either because you're the owner of the company or you're one of the folks who is looking at your company and recognizing that it doesn't exist, as Eric <laughs> says, or it needs to be improved, then Eric is the guy you need to call to come and help you do that leadership training. His phone number is 818-584-5335. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Eric Thurwanger from Think Great.
0: If you are a current business owner or thinking about starting a business, what business structure is best for you? Sole proprietorship, corporation, or LLC? Most people pay a couple hundred dollars to the Secretary of State to start a business, and off they go, as opposed to doing it right and contracting an attorney to help them. Why is this? Pretty simple. Funds are low, and attorneys are expensive. Problem is, if you're structured improperly or do not manage the agenda and record the changes correctly, you could have destroyed nearly all legal protections your business would have otherwise been afforded. Don't just mindlessly start a business and put you and your family in legal jeopardy. If you have an existing business or would like to start your business right in the first place, an attorney from the law firm of Daniels and Keyboard will meet with you to determine the best business structure for your business. Handle the filings and will meet with you ongoing once a month for a year. After basic startup and filing fees, the cost to you is as little as $176 a month. Pretty awesome deal. Go to CYA21.com to get the details.
2: That's CYA21. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field, and it is my my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know, allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly, and most importantly, help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think, but don't waste time. Go to cya21.com and get my free download Financial Crisis Bible or call us at 763-559-3800.
5: or email me at kim at kimnaibo.com.
0: Accounting and bookkeeping services are no longer just about record keeping. For decades, Arliss Cleveland has been passionate about helping individuals and businesses look at their taxes and financials in a big picture strategy that allows them to position for maximum profitability. Arliss Cleveland Limited is big enough to handle any size client, yet small enough to give you the direct personal attention you deserve. Their philosophy is that accounting and tax services are about more than just numbers on a page. It's all about building client relationships that are personal. Call 763 786 For a free consultation. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker.
3: Hey, hey, welcome back. Cover Your Assets. We have in studio with us Eric Thurwanger. Eric is the founder of Think Great and again it is a privilege to have him in here. Uh we're talking about uh the leadership skills he gleaned in the military, the Marine Corps and the uh the ability to apply a lot of those things, those lessons and uh and, and then of course your personal life. He's been through some seriously challenging times in his own personal life and those really really kind of kind of make your metal, if you will. And uh, we we dropped off talking a little bit about how Eric had assisted a company, uh, started at the lowest level or lower level of the company and ended up having a conversation with the owner of the company, a media company that is, and, and how he wanted to, to double sales the next year but had no plan. And lowly Eric was able to help them put okay. together a plan And the results are pretty astounding. We didn't really get to talk about the end result of all of that. Tell us a little bit about that, Eric.
4: Yeah, the end result is we actually surpassed doubling sales and we tripled them. We grew 303%. And when you really look back at what happened, it wasn't just having the better equipment. It was building better people. So we developed everybody to think and act like a leader. We encouraged engagement, empowerment. We had accountability, we would delegate with a purpose, we had a sales system, so we actually put together a system for selling that was genuine, authentic, and and in that industry, that was incredibly important, because everyone was a creative and nobody wanted to sell, so we taught them how to share instead of selling, and they became unstoppable.
3: <coughs> interesting,
4: <laughs> excuse me,
3: interesting point, <coughs> because of the Marine Corps, that point that he just made, it wasn't about the equipment, it was about the personnel. Well, for a lot of you who are non-military people, you poor folks, uh, the Marine Corps historically has always gotten everybody else's used stuff (laughs) and has had to make do with that and become an extraordinary fighting force with some of the stuff that everybody else threw away and didn't want to upgrade him from. And that is an interesting thing, because obviously, in an organization such as the Marine Corps, you learn very, very quickly, it isn't the equipment, it's the personnel and the way that they actually execute.
4: That's absolutely right. In fact, in the Corps, they will always say, we've gotten everybody else's hand-me-downs, and they'll use that as an empowering mantra. So in other words, we're going to develop our people even more because maybe we don't have the best equipment, but we're going to have the best people and you can count on us.
3: Right. We're going to use that equipment that's better right. than anybody else. Absolutely. And, 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 uh, and that's, why you, that's why you sleep with your rifle, right?
4: <laughs> and that's why that, that bond, that brotherhood or sisterhood, that family feel, that camaraderie is there. In fact, even before I came in here, I stopped off, grabbed a Starbucks, and, and there were two guys from the St. Paul Fire Department. One was a Marine and one was a Navy Corpsman who are listening right now, by the way. And you immediately have that bond with them. They better be. Yeah, Yeah, they will be. (laughs) But you immediately have that bond and that brotherhood because you went through a shared experience. And a lot of it is about identity. Absolutely. And, And I think we miss that in the business world. I think one of the things we created at the media company, and this is what I teach businesses now, is what's your identity? It's not what you do. It's not even why you do it. It's who are you doing it for? There was nothing more important in the Marine Corps than the Marine to your left and to your right our who if you will what i call activate the power of who we will do anything for our who even though we'll sometimes let ourselves down and identifying that at the media company was huge we became a cohesive unit we achieved levels of camaraderie that yeah, maybe they're not going to get as close as you were in the in the military but i was striving for that and so we created activities and we designed things we had we had all forms of 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 identity like mission statement and vision statement and core values and a tagline and things that unified us just like I experienced in the marine corps
3: well you know when you we talked to we just touched on that culture shock so I'll just expand on that a little bit when you go into the military you are alone in a way that you have never been before you have nobody you know around you and and everybody is in that exact shared experience That's right. And you gel very, very quickly. And in a way that is not, it's indescribable to anyone who's not in the military. It's try, like trying to explain, you know, having a child to someone who's never had it. The military is very much like that. And you can, you can look at that in a similar way when you are immersed into a new company and you're trying to find your place and you're trying to gel. And the relationships, if it's handled properly, can be built in the same way. That's absolutely correct. Yeah, and nobody wants to be the weak link. You might let yourself down, but by God, you don't want to let your brothers and sisters down because in the military, well, people die if you let people down. I mean, really, is that simple. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's not that extreme in the military, but who wants to let somebody that they really care about absolutely. down? I know?
4: think that's that power of who. I think that more than what we're doing and why we're doing it is who we're doing it for. And people will often say, well, you know, we're not the military, so how can I apply this? Your onboarding program can let people when they start with you feel like they're part of something special and something great. Um, You know, there's so many onboarding programs where they actually say we just throw them to the fire, and we hope it works out, and that's their plan. Uh, when we went in, we went through basic training. That was our onboarding. That's where they took us where we didn't know anybody and immediately bonds are created, but we're struggling to do that in the business sector because we don't focus on that mindset of bringing the unit together. Absolutely. We're just hoping that we're just hoping they show up and work the well, next you day. know
3: that leads back to the point that I made, which is that when when things don't work out, ironically. The leader is not held accountable as frequently as they probably should be. I mean, in the military, when things go wrong, they go right to the leadership. Absolutely. You know, and and the and, and, and they don't want to hear the excuses about this guy or that guy dropped the ball. They could care less. All they know is that the leader didn't make everybody step up. And you need to fix that. You need to fix it right now. Yep. I mean, and that's a, that's, that's a, all these principles are so powerful. And, and in fairness, there is nobody who develops people better than, than our U.S. military. That's absolutely right. I mean, they, they they build people in a way that nobody else can. And everybody says, oh, I would never want to join the military. Do you understand the history behind, behind the military, what they've been able to do, and what they accomplish, and how they train and teach their people? Because the application in business is just profound. It really is. Uh, let's talk a little bit uh, before we hit our next break about what your company that you've developed, Think Great, is all about and what it
4: strives to do. Sure. So in 2008, I was the vice president of the media company. So we were going strong. Things were going Well, Wow, you great. didn't
3: say that. You became the vice president. B- oh, I yeah. It. <laughs> yeah the,
4: I went from, uh, in 18 months, actually, from, from entry-level to vice president. <laughs> Unbelievable. And um, It was earned. It wasn't given. We, we had benchmarks and goals, and we exceeded mm-hmm. them. But in 2008, I just felt that all of my combined experiences, the Marine Corps, the caregiver, uh, sales, the, even the even the VP of the media company, I had a message to share. And in 2008, I wrote two words on a napkin in a, in a coffee shop in Agora Hills, California. It said, think great. And all I wanted to do was teach people how to think differently during tough times. And I started to go around and, and share ideas on goal setting. That was all we had at the time. I actually started to speak at military commands, like the Yellow Ribbon Reintegration Program for the Air National Guard on the coast of California, And then they would refer me to people and then I would speak to other people. And then eventually it became where I was talking about goals and then sales and then strategic planning and then leadership. And leadership now is one of the biggest uh, components of our business. We go in and we develop leaders or at least show uh, businesses how to create leaders. And it really all started with the idea of just thinking great. And it's evolved into now nationwide uh, going across the country and speaking on those concepts, really what we call the shared Languages of success are the three pillars of business greatness: leading, planning, selling, and that's what we help with.
3: Wow, uh, you know I, I, the 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 application of those of those things is probably something that can be utilized in just about every company and every organization. Just that that, that and the simplicity of it is not lost on me. The, those three pillars of business. It's, yes. Um, <coughs> I, I I don't know, and you know the other thing that that I think is important within a business is that you have to increase the the level of expectation absolutely you know it cracked me up when i would i would go home and maybe hang out, maybe I, you know, in the military, sometimes you'll go home with a buddy to kind of see, you know, meet their friends and all that. Cause, you know, you're always talking about that. Right. And it's ironic that you would go home and sometimes they would fall into the way that they were previous to the military, you know, where, you know, hey, I I don't need to shut the lights off. Mom will come down and do it or something (laughs) like that, you know, and you, and you just sit there and you look, you know, and they kick off their, they walk in the house and they kick off their shoes. They don't stack them up and all the things that would never fly Mm -hmm. in the military, right? But then you leave and you go back to the military and instantly they buck up. You're squared away. And you're squared away. That's you better right. believe it because the expectation is there. And that's the type of culture you need to create within a company. I don't care where you came from. I don't care how you were before. This is what we expect here. And it's ironic that people will rise to that challenge.
4: They will. I think the, the biggest thing is there's very little expectation set in the business side of things. In, in the military, the expectations were high. In the civilian side, what I found is that leaders, and maybe it's because they're not developed as leaders, they're afraid to raise the bar. They're afraid to have higher expectations, so they allow them to be low. And when, when there's low expectations or unclear expectations, there's conflict, which when you look at the surveys that are out there now, they're saying that engagement might be around 10%. And that's engaged people showing up every day wanting to make a positive contribution could be as low as 10%. And so then you start doing the math, you go, all right, well, if we're not developing any leaders and the bar has not been raised, well, no wonder it's like that. <laughs> and and I think that you'll agree, when we started boot camp, when we started our basic training, we spoke their language. And in fact, since we both share the naval heritage... Thank a, you. <laughs> a, a door was not a door. It was a hatch. Yeah. And the floor was, you know, you got the deck and the wall is a bulkhead. And the bulkhead, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. the and tail they, and the head. Yeah, yeah, and the, yeah. And, yeah. And the DIs, they didn't give us any time to adapt to that language. We were expected to speak it fluently. In business, business leaders and their teams are not speaking leadership, sales, or planning fluently. They'll speak their products and services. Here's my here's my annuities. Here's my you know whatever you have in your business. My loans. My anything. Any product service industry. They're fluent in it and they're probably brilliant at it. They can't speak leadership. They can't speak sales consistently. They can't speak strategic planning consistently. And that's what we help them with. All right. We're dialect coaches, if you will. And I and I agree a hundred percent.
3: We're gonna take another break here with Eric Thurwanger. Eric is the founder of Think Great. Uh, they go around the country. And he does extraordinary speaker. If you can't tell here on the show, and they, you know, empower companies, teach these leadership principles not just in a grandiose way, but but on the ground. Uh, you know, detailed. Here's what we do next, and here's how we build that out with a company. And they have been enormously successful. And again, it's my privilege to have this former marine never a former Marine, once a Marine, (laughs) always a Marine, uh, on our show. We're going to take another break here. We'll be right back with Eric Thurwanger. His phone number is 818-584-5335. We'll be right back.
2: So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale,
4: Home Rental Systems has been helping homeowners in the Twin Cities metro area realize their property investment's full
0: potential. At Home Rental Systems, we will take away all the hassles from renting your home. We have a proven home rental system for renting and managing single-family homes, townhomes, and condominiums, and will attain the highest monthly
4: rent possible. Go to homerentalsystems.com or call now, 612-701-4375.
0: You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker.
3: Welcome back, everybody. Sorry, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so, we are here with Eric Thurwagger talking about leadership skills, talking about his company, Think Great. I got to laugh because just that little point about uh, expectations, it's interesting. When the kids would come over to my my kid's house, boy, oh, boy, if they ran upstairs to their bedrooms, you would hear old man Rooker screaming at him, get down here, stack up your (laughs) shoes. They're thrown all over. And interestingly enough, their parents—they would go home to their parents and they tell their parents how at Rooker's place you couldn't get by with that stuff. And yet, their parents would call me up and say, "I don't know how you get get them to do this because they tell me they do it at your house, but when they come to my house, come home, nobody does it." And it's that expectation, <laughs> it right? Is. I mean, it we gotta really raise is. the bar. You gotta set it from the very beginning, right. and people will rise. So let's just talk about some of the specifics on the ground training that you use to empower companies and help sure. them
4: build teams so think Great really it transformed from just goal setting to what we call the three pillars of business greatness where we go in and we can assess where an organization is with their leadership team where they are with their strategic plan and where they are with their sales performance and the way that i get our message out there is i do a lot of keynotes so i'll do a lot of keynote speeches or i'll go into organizations and meet with their teams for their kickoff meetings and their annual events and they're exposed to the language. So they start hearing about leading versus managing and they start hearing about, like you said, raise the bar expectations. They start saying, we can do this. And so three of the six books that I've written focus on leadership, strategic planning and sales. So I've got the leadership connection, elevate that strategic planning and dynamic sales combustion. And so with those books, a lot of organizations use them as their recommended reading. I can also go in and do coaching on those. So I have a four part series on each of the books. I go in and I, introduce teams to leadership principles, sales, or planning. And then we also have deep dive programs, immersion programs, if you will, where we develop leaders on an ongoing basis, um, like a 12-month program. And then we also do deep dives to help teams to create their strategic plan or what we call a flight plan since I was an air traffic controller in The Marines, everything is aviation-based. And we also teach them how to go to driving school for sales and how to drive sales. So I think the number one feedback we get from our clients and the reason that they're so successful is they have introduced their teams to a shared language. They are all on the same page, speaking the same language. And
3: it rolls. Hope you enjoyed the show, everybody. Uh, we were here today and honored with our guest, Eric Thurwanger of Think Great. Uh, his phone number is 818-584-5335. Uh, uh, you can go to his website. Eric, where's that?
4: Yep, yeah, That's thinkgreat90.com.
3: Thinkgreat90.com. Hope you guys enjoy, enjoyed the show. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye. Zero zero.
0: This has been a paid program. The views expressed are not necessarily those of the management or ownership of Score North, KSTP AM 1500. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing, and a less than perfect one. Seen it, covered it. Click for more.
1: We are farmers.
2: Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance exchanges and affiliates. Products not available
0: in every state.